Utopia, an Italian study, the podcast. An essay version of this podcast is available on utopiaitalia.substack.com. Subscribe to keep getting updates and paid subscribe for some extra funky content. Utopia, an Italian study, is a somewhat futile attempt to make sense of life in Italy by pinning seemingly bizarre happenings down like butterflies for observation and further study. No butterflies were harmed in the making of this podcast. Gloria. The lowest moment I experienced in our first nine months in Italy was when, for the second time in as many minutes, my sandal flew off my foot while riding my bicycle. This was a little surprising. Not the sandal flying off, which, although unexpected, had literally just happened with the other one a few moments prior, but that this should be the bottom of the pit of angst that I'd been slowly digging over the last few months. Unlike the time I completely broke down on a street corner in turn because I couldn't believe the city had gotten rid of most of their Roman and medieval ruins, true story, I didn't cry when the speed bump launched the errant sandal from my foot. I entered a sort of bizarre, zen-like state of calm misery. I quietly stopped my bike and hopped back to the scene of the disturbance, picked up the sandal, which several drivers had thoughtfully not flattened, put it back on my foot, and resumed my journey, ignoring the weird looks from the pedestrians who had witnessed this strange woman who couldn't keep her shoes on while cycling. As I sat in the dentist's chair, the destination of this particular ride, I had plenty of time to wallow in said misery. My husband and I had recently gotten into a TV show called Alone, in which ten individuals are dropped by themselves with nothing but ten pieces of survival gear in a remote location. One individual in season one had remarked on how the lack of distraction, no other people, no internet, no food, had forced him to come to terms with a number of unhappy circumstances and thought patterns that he'd spent years avoiding. I didn't have the Alaskan wilderness, but I did have the dentist chair. Pretty much the same thing. Unlike in the U.S., where you could even find screens on the ceiling of the dentist's office to entertain you with the property brothers while you had your teeth drilled, for the first time in a long time, I was involuntarily left to my own thoughts with no chance of distraction. I couldn't even understand the chatter of the dental assistants behind me, though I was incredibly amused by their extremely long discussion about 80s hit song Gloria when it came on the radio, some bizarre Italian cover. I didn't know what they were saying, but the fact that anyone could speak for at least four minutes about that song seemed about the right amount of absurd for the day. As was the fact that when I'd entered the room, the dentist was perusing a large, full-color glossy book called Solutions that featured high-res photos of crown placements as though it were a high-fashion magazine. Anyway, as I lay back in my chair, I reflected on the few streaks of bad luck that had plagued me all summer. One of which, of course, was the dental work I was currently having done. Thirty-three years and only a handful of cavities, and suddenly... Just about as soon as I'd arrived in a foreign country and didn't speak the language, I needed a root canal and a crown. Another was the recent death of my cat, Casanova, who had been my companion for nearly a decade. Nine years of excellent health and minimal need for vet visits, only to be taken out by the highly calcified Roman tap water that caused rapid-onset kidney failure. We'd endured several Italian-language vet visits, and 
tried to save him with a strict regimen of injections, medication, and special food, but it wasn't enough, and we had to let him go when it became clear that we were keeping him alive for our own selfish reasons. A corollary to that was my absurd, utter failure to obtain a rescue kitten when it became clear that our other cat, Ziggy Stardust, was not emotionally equipped to be a solo feline. That's a comical story for another essay, but at the moment, it just felt like another big, fat zero. I was also experiencing heart palpitations and an itchy, swollen arm courtesy my second vaccine dose. But now that we'd managed to get both vaccines, as well as the Green Pass QR code necessary to engage in something resembling normal life in Italy, I felt free to grump about both how challenging it had been to procure all of these things and how annoying the side effects were. And finally was the question of where, exactly, we were going to live after October. We'd already extended our time in our Airbnb in the quaint town of San Mauro, which I knew I should be grateful for. It was a large, cool, quiet home with a number of very appealing features, like a garage for the bikes and motorcycle, a cellar for Adam's vocal booth, a writing studio for me, and a terrace for at-home aperitivo. And yet, I couldn't help but feel trapped in the sleepy village. What I really wanted was to live in the city of Turin proper, and we'd signed a contract on an apartment to that effect. Not just any apartment, but THE apartment. Our dream apartment. Or at least one of our dream apartments. But even that had been a comedy of errors all summer long, culminating in the several extremely frustrating text messages and missed calls that indicated we would not be able to move ahead with buying said apartment that I'd only noticed right before I slid into the dentist's chair. For some reason, that second flying sandal unblocked the dam that had been holding up all of these pent-up angry feelings, and then my entrapment in the chair forced me to delay patching up said dam. And so, I stewed. I stared at the cleaning residue on the light fixture beaming into my eyes and stewed. I noticed a butterfly trying to smack its way through the window into the office and stewed. I said thank you to the dentist and confirmed that the crown seemed well-placed. How the hell should I know? I've never had a crown. But hopefully the job was good enough to be documented in next month's edition of Solutions. Editor's note. Editor being me, Ashlyn, several weeks later. It was not. The temporary crown she put in shattered four days later, and they penciled me in for another temporary crown two weeks after that, with the final crown implantation to be taking place for some reason, over three separate appointments in November. Oh, and they charged me for the replacement temporary crown, despite the suspiciously quick rate at which it shattered upon insertion by someone who was looking at a book about how to make crowns. When this happened, I'm not bitter. If my Italian were better, maybe I could ask why all this was happening. Alas. The expat tax strikes again. I got back on my bicycle, clenched my sandals thongs with my toes, and stewed all the way home. As the lyrics of Gloria warn, I think you've got a slowdown before you start to blow it. I think you're headed for a breakdown, so be careful not to show it. Heeding this advice upon my arrival home, I grumbled around a bit and decided to write a stream of consciousness about just how pitiable I was to let off a little steam. 
Nothing to ever see the light of publication, mind you. Just an attempt to get it all out and enable me to continue ignoring the notifications on my phone that promised only disappointment about our apartment hunt. My unsuspecting husband tidied around me. My needy cat, Ziggy Stardust, yowled his anger at the audacity of my hour-and-a-half-long absence at the dentist, but finally settled at my feet. Before I wrote the first sentence, something compelled me to type Gloria into the Google search bar. My jaw hit the floor. As it turned out, Gloria is not an English song by powerhouse Laura Branigan. Gloria was actually written in Italian by an Italian, a man named Umberto Tozzi. I hadn't been subjected to some weird Italian cover as I'd grumped through my dentist visit. We had actually been listening to the original. I stared incredulously at the screen, my sour mood inevitably evaporating over the sheer absurdity of it all. I honestly didn't know what was in store for us or what would happen next. Not with the apartment, not with the crown, not with the pandemic, not with the cat adoption. And there was nothing I could do about those facts. But what Gloria reminded me of is this. Nothing, I repeat, nothing is ever as it first appears here in Italia. Sometimes for the worse, but just as often for the better. There isn't much I can rely on or predict, but this much is certain here. In the absurd, we trust. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.